0: All right, so we've got a view of the Chicago Tribune on a warm <laughs> Chicago day with Chicago pizza and Two Brothers beer. I feel like this is a great podcast so far.
1: Wow. Na no, na no, no. Yeah, it's another one. Yeah, girls them summer song. Yeah. Hola, e, bienvenido. Ah, Idea Lemons discover
2: your inner awesome podcast. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the conversation show where we sit down with entrepreneurs, musicians, creatives, and flat-out interesting people to help us all get a better grip on who we are. I am your co-host, Rajiv Nathan. As always, I am alongside Martin McGovern. And in this episode, we sat down with Liz Flores, Liz is a good friend of ours, and she is an artist making waves in Chicago. She's been featured on ABC Morning News. She put up an exhibit on Michigan Avenue in 2014 called The World We Want. And she's also amassing quite the following on Instagram. In our conversation with Liz, we sat down, given her artistic background, and talked about a nice broad question. What is creativity anyway? Before we dive in, I want to ask you guys a question. Do you want more than just your 9 to 5? Do you want to know what sets people like The Rock and Tina Fey apart from everyone else? If the answer is yes, then go to Idealemon.com and subscribe to our email newsletter where we take conversations like today and explore them even further so that you can do awesome things that get you noticed. That's enough of me flapping my gums for now. Let's dive right into our conversation with Liz Flores talking what is creativity anyway let's listen in
3: i feel like we should start with what is creativity because i feel like um anything that involves creativity like i feel like a lot of people all of a sudden like turn it off you know what i'm saying like they're like oh no that's not for me because i'm not creative creativity is like Mm -hmm. people think like that's for people who paint people who do music and do all these other you know things like that okay so I feel like first let's just say let's just clear the air here and just say that everybody is inherently creative like everybody has creativity in them don't think there's like you know because you're an artist you have creativity and because you're like an accountant you don't have any creativity inside you so that's just number one have you met
0: any accountants Yes. I'm just kidding. Oh come come on. on I know.
3: (laughs) I apologize,
0: Dave. (laughs) You're taxed something.
3: Um but I don't know. I mean what like what do you guys think creativity is? Because I I mean I think it's just it's doing like anything that that excites you and doing it like whether you're gonna get something for it or not.
2: Well okay, let's try and get through what's the standard of creativity as most people interpret it. Okay. So it, it is
0: the art. It is the photography. Yeah. Dancing. Singing. The creative field. Yeah. Yes. I would say. Yeah. The and so people will say like, oh you're creative, mm-hmm. right? And they'll be referencing the fact that you're able to paint or you're able to draw or you're able to take photos or something like that. Now are they saying that you yourself are creative or you've made things that are considered creative i think people are looking at your outputs not necessarily your inputs because if you look at the inputs i think we get back to what you were saying
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so yeah so i mean i've had this conversation a bunch of times where people will get complimented on being so creative right Mm -hmm. and they'll almost be offended because they're like well what what does that mean of course i'm creative everyone's creative that doesn't mean anything people get offended when they are told they're so creative well, it depends on the context, right? Because it's like, are you saying that I'm creative, meaning I'm able to create, or are you saying that what I create created had value? Hmm. Uh.
3: Yeah. Okay. I can see that being two different things. I feel like people. You're right. I feel like people look at like what you made. So you know, the guy like the guy who does like the sales pitch and like nails it people aren't going to think that that you know what he nailed like that's creative you know what i'm saying no one most people aren't going to be like wow you are so creative you
0: were really creative in that pitch
3: right um you know i paint something and put it on I instagram don't know. Honestly, and it's like that's wow that's not really necessarily creative though. you know what i'm saying but i think most people wouldn't say that maybe you guys you
2: no but even you know in my like marketing advertising agency background there were times when people said oh that's that was a creative presentation but you're in it's marketing and advertising
0: it's exactly it's a creative field that's true now so like,
3: in my insurance job yeah, no one uses the word nobody there is and everyone's like there's nothing creative about this job about this building i'm like <laughs> oh my god which which then <laughs> so thwarts, horrible
0: which then thwarts people from trying creative ideas mm-hmm. yeah. so if you don't have like, in, in marketing and art and all those things, it's, it's inherent that those are creative things. So, people are like, yeah, at a baseline, I have to be creative just to be in the room.
3: Right.
0: Now, when you say, I'm so creative that I created that, all you're saying is that I made it into the room. But now what? Mm-hmm. Are you saying that it's good or bad? Saying it's so creative could mean a lot of things. Yeah. It's so creative could mean, you know... Um, Hunter S. Thompson's artist uh, Ralph Steadsman who's like wow that's really freaking creative Mm -hmm. but if he didn't find the right person to align with for that art that's just another weird thing someone made (laughs) you know so it's like alright so what does that creativity mean and that's where the next level comes in which I think is skill okay well the first part of that is what does creativity mean
2: I think it's Along the lines of something that is unexpected from the observer or the person who's finding value in it, that allows them to obtain value in it. So, what's a good example? For that? I mean, let's just take let's let's just take the basic understanding. So, take art, right? Mm-hmm. Someone sees a piece of art it's something they weren't expecting to see or it's something that they hadn't seen before, and that in and of itself derives value for them.
0: Well, let's take a step back. What are some of the things that you, each of you in your lives, find to be creative? Music. And whom or what is a time that you were like, wow, that person or that thing that I saw, is one hell of a creative thing. Mm, okay. Because I can say like, oh yeah, you paint, that's creative, that's creative great. Right. But I might not like your painting. Right. You know. Um, I know I was getting, I was getting, uh, drinks with someone and they were like, I'm a painter and I was like, oh really? Show me some of your paintings and they showed it to me and I was like, oh wow.
1: <laughs> oh no.
0: <laughs> and I was like.
1: What those did you say? Are, those are
0: very nice. And they're like, could you critique them? And I'm like, I don't
3: they think They asked you... you to critique yeah, them? Yeah,
0: they asked me to critique them. That's and I was like, I don't know if you want me to. <laughs> um, but keep... But but at the same time, also keep going. Like, yeah. you have a baseline creative talent. Now what are you going to do with it? How much are you... How far are you going to push this? Like, I would say for myself, I was inherently good at drawing cartoons as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, tracing Iron Man through drawing my little drawings. I never pursued that creativity, so right. I never developed that creativity and never became a skill that I could use for real life things. It's just something I doodle sometimes now. Right. So that's the difference between skill and application and baseline creativity right. in my mind. But let's go back to the original question. What are some of your early or most impactful experiences with creativity?
3: So. Um... Okay, so, I mean, yeah, I'm the same way where I was, like, doodling when I was a kid, and that's very creative, but I actually had an experience, um, like, recently that was, like, not in a creative environment at all, but was such a display of creativity, like, I just could not stand it. I was like, oh my god, this is fascinating to me, because it was in, like, you know, the insurance industry, like, the most uncreative place (laughs) ever, you know, so it, it was, it was just somewhere where I, I didn't, was not expecting it, and it was, um, it was someone, it was a co-worker who, um, he was basically talking with a client, and I'm listening to him talk to, talk to this client, and something had gone wrong, and the way that he worded everything, the way that he presented his case, like, it was beautiful. It was like poetry, you know? It couldn't have been said any better. And I just looked at him and I was like, wow. Like, that was amazing. That's something I can learn from. Claims
2: adjustments, claims (laughs) adjustments. Where art thou claims adjustments?
3: Right? But seriously, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but I don't think people understand that, like, maybe, like, I don't know, maybe as a kid he was, like, You know doing speeches and doing all this stuff and that's maybe like the like what what you said like the center like the creative center and all of that like spirals out into so many different things and can be evident in so many different things and so now he's here with a client things have gone wrong and he talks to this client in a way that like we leave the meeting where the client is extremely happy like they feel they feel okay they trust us and, I mean, it's, it's like, beautiful. It's, it is, like, poetry, you know? It's, so that was something that I saw that I... That's sort of what got me thinking that, you know what? Everyone is creative, and I can find creativity in anything, in any situation. You can find it. And it doesn't have to be in a studio, and it doesn't have to be, you know, like, at a concert hall or something like that. But um, I think that was, like, one of the most profound creative moments that I had recently.
2: Is there a relationship then between, as you mentioned, the result of that was they earned the client's trust? Yeah. Is there a relationship between creativity
0: and trust? Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think. I think that there is, a level of openness in creativity that needs to be there.
3: And vulnerability.
0: And yeah. That maybe one of the most creative things is the fact that you're able to connect. Mm -hmm. Um, so for instance, you mentioned, well, first of all, I want to make a really quick side note and, and correct. It's wherefore art thou Romeo? And (laughs) not where are you Romeo? And wherefore means why are you Romeo? Um, really? I didn't catch that either. so So it's Romeo, Romeo. Why are you Romeo? Not where are you Romeo? Uh, and now Ooh, I geez. sound like a pretentious a Capul- yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Capulet, you're a Montague, bitch. Yeah, motherfuckers.
3: <laughs> oh, Leo.
0: Wait, what's the uh, the jet <laughs> What's the Jet Lee movie? <laughs> what? There's a Jet Lee, Romeo and Juliet. Anyway. Wait. Uh, cradle to the grave. No. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> oh, dude, that was with like DMX. No, it was. I'm not joking. No, that was
2: not a Romeo. No, I think it uh, was. Romeo must die is
0: what you're thinking of. Yes, I'm thinking of Romeo must die. <laughs> well, whatever it is. <laughs> but that anyway. Anyway, also had DMX. His name's
3: Romeo, so it's the same
2: thing. That
0: also had DMX, in though. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it had DMX. anyway. Romeo! Anyways. I'm, um, I'm, I'm
1: just um, trying um, to... Um. <laughs> X go give it to you. Fuck wait for you to get it on your own X go deliver to you. Knock knock, open up the door, it's real With the non-stop pop pop, i stainless steel Go hard getting busy with it But I got such a good heart That I make the motherfucker wonder if you get it Damn right, can i do it again Cause I am like so I got to win Break bread with the enemy No matter how many cats I break bread with, I break never
0: but your life that's down said not be the one in please but yeah no I think that there's something um I think the the when you're not being creative is when you're censoring your thought so like in I, I feel like a lot of times I'm not creative because I'm just agreeing with whatever people are saying because i don't feel it's worth challenging but i think challenging thought and pushing boundaries and trying to at least understand something at a little bit deeper level is what creativity is all about not necessarily the output more about the inquisition that's in the art of creating it or understanding it because i don't have to challenge convention to
2: appreciate the creativity of something
0: No, I'm saying there's a difference between appreciating creativity and being creative. I think being creative starts with questioning. And it ends, hopefully, with results. Yeah. Um, It might get stuck in the question period, right? Like a lot of people just question, 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 never Mm -hmm. do anything. Or they talk and talk and talk and never do anything. But I think the antithesis of creativity is not asking questions.
2: Yeah. And that's... That's the basis for this show, right? We ask questions.
0: <laughs> so is this sh- is this
2: show not just this episode, but this show an exercise in creativity? Right? Oh hell
3: yeah!
0: It's our biggest exercise in creativity. It's yeah. the reason I like it so much. <laughs> because, because without this show, we would just keep doing what we always do, which is ruminate. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and this show puts down in writing, ha-ha. audio, haha, uh, exactly where we are in this moment in time, yeah. and that is a creative moment. This is a pizza, beer and audio creative moment. It's pizza delicious. beer and a mic is that our new our new show. <laughs> pizza beer and a microphone. Um, hey. what's what's it? you guys a girl in a pizza place? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, hey, we have a girl. One girl and there's a pizza plate. with a little with a little <laughs> beer and coffee you can take over the world. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> teaser
2: Come <laughs> <premiere> exclusive.
1: Exclusive.
2: <laughs> so with that said Is there a boundary of being too creative? No. I don't know if there is or isn't, because I know there have been times where, like, Martin's working on something, and I have to curtail him and be like, we don't need to go that far with it. And it's not necessarily me saying you're being too creative, but in a way, it's you don't need to get that creative with it. We just need to do, we just need to have something. I think it depends on the goal.
3: And I think there's uh, also... What? The goal, okay. Yeah, I think there's also, a, like, a time to stop. It's like like working on a painting forever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, eventually, you got to just ship it, you know? Mm. So I think almost, like... I don't think that there is a time when it's, like, you're too creative. I think there's a time when you're too afraid to ship your work. Like, too yeah. afraid to share it. And I think that's what that is. I don't think it's you're too creative. I think it's you're too scared. Like to well, ship it well, to that send gets, it out
0: that gets to the point of why aren't if everyone is inherently creative
3: mm-hmm.
0: why aren't more people being creative
3: oh my Does god this, this goes into so many things yeah. and, oh god and that
0: question is about fear that That's, is a yes. serious fear question like um cause when you say that you have to like kick me in the ass and just like stop thinking so much about this thing and just start moving well the reason I think so much is because of the fear of success Right, it's it's the fear that it might actually happen, (laughs) and and you can get caught up in all of the details in order to procrastinate the fact that it might actually become reality someday. Mm -hmm. Because creativity in thought and creativity in action are two very different things.
3: Yeah, it's that fear of having your dreams come true. A lot of people dream and wish and wish wish wish, and it's funny because I in. So in The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, she even says, like, what you're wishing for and what you're hoping for, would you act on it if it actually happened to you? Like, if you said, like, oh, I wish I could be, you know, displaying art in the Art Institute, and they contact you, would you say yes? Right. Would you do it?
0: Everyone wants to be Beyonce, but would you wear that dress? Yeah. Would you
3: get on that stage, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, would would you... you put on
0: four pairs of tights to make sure things <laughs> aren't jiggling <so> <laughs> Like,
3: I, I don't know. And I think, yeah, a lot of people are like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hear a lot of people wishing things and wanting things, and then they happen. Like, The universe is like, okay, here you go. And they don't do anything about it. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, do you really want it? And maybe it's yes or no. And then if it's yes, okay, so why did you back away and that goes into the that that is
2: huge I don't know if I ever thought about that or thought about it in that That, way yeah I I
3: just had a friend tell me like over and over again she's like I wish I could have like a position that has more responsibility boom she's got an interview her boss is like I'm setting you up for this interview it's gonna be great it's gonna and then she's like Liz I'm so scared and
0: then they self-sabotage
3: yes and then it's like why are you afraid and it's You know, I'm. I'm afraid that I'm not going to be good enough. And I'm like, but you've been waiting for this. Like, this is literally like your. You put it on the universe, and your wish came true. And like this whole conversation is just reminding me of that. That yeah, people. It comes, and then people like, never mind. It's not the right time. Yeah. You know, it's not the right time. I'm not ready. You're (laughs)
0: seventy-five. Exactly.
2: (laughs) So creativity comes with the flip side of expectations. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And that's what that's what a lot of that stems from your own ex- other people's expectations but perhaps more so your own expectations and then yeah. you fear what if I fail in the public eye or yeah. what if what if the public sees this and doesn't like it oh yeah and that yeah that's a whole that's a whole monster in its own so Martin when you're working on whatever design for us and I say just do it or just get it out there your mindset, if I understand correctly, is
0: but what if it's not good enough? Well, no, it's not ready yet. That's yeah. that's that's, that's oh the god, yeah. that's the creative mindset or the limiting mindset that, that does. it's like oh it's it's okay but it's not ready yet. Yeah. It's not perfect. So I'm gonna it's not well. In perfectionism <laughs> is a whole nother conversation. Oh my god, you should have seen my locker in middle school. But. <laughs> um, it's kind of disgusting. And <laughs> anyway, but that is, a, that is a very good point because uh, there's two sides to it. The first side is when you actually want something delivered to someone, right? So it's like, oh, just put together this PowerPoint or, oh, put together this thing um, versus putting things out more anonymously. So like anytime I update the website, I don't usually ask I just do it, and then I'm like, oh shit, I broke something, sorry, just don't send people to the website today. Because um, <laughs> it's so it's it's under the radar, it's anonymous, it's right. whatever, I can be creative, I can try things out, I can put up 17 different versions of Curious George and Inspector Gadget, and be okay with that, because I'm just trying to figure it out. But on the flip side, when you're like, oh, we have something that needs to be reviewed in a week, then I'll procrastinate it till the night before, because... Mm-hmm. Then I have no choice but to be creative. So, like, a prime example would be the presentation we did for DePaul. Where you were like, here's a PowerPoint. It looks like crap. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it was the worst thing Like, ever. You, you literally text me. You're like, I don't really know how this works. And I was like, uh. I'm shockingly bad at PowerPoint. Yeah. And so, like, in one night, and literally I pulled an all-nighter for this, um, I created nice job, nice a, <laughs> a huge PowerPoint that was, like, really well designed and organized. And, like, I was actually very proud of it. But I did that in one evening, and I was like, when you don't have a choice but to be creative, then you can execute. But if you have time to think about being creative, Mm -hmm. then you start questioning yourself. Yeah. And so that's that's where I look at people like Kanye, right? And everyone's like, wow, Kanye's so, like, ridiculous, like, right? Like, the world's not against you, man. Calm the hell down, like, right? Adidas isn't trying to ruin you with your own fashion show. Yeah. But... What sort of a mindset is going to succeed if he sits there going, Adidas is helping me today. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, if Kanye came up to a news outlet and said, everything's going to be fine, people would just be like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. But he creates enemies to fight against. Taylor Swift is not an enemy, but he creates enemies to fight against so that it forces him to put it out there. Yeah. And that blows my mind. Like, that whole... He's constructed his world in a way that forces him to be creative yeah. because everyone's against him, yeah. even if they're not.
2: That's an interesting point because for someone like him, he, not, he might not necessarily... Yeah, yeah. it's as you said.
0: He recorded his the, first the, album the with... haters
2: up. might not exist, but in order for him to do what he does... He has to create something,
0: some opposition, some opposing force. He has to be mad at someone. Yeah. And he recorded his first album with his jaw wired shut. Yo, G, they can't stop me from rapping, can Kenny, Can
1: Kenny I spit it through the wire, man. There's too much stuff on my heart right now, man. I gladly risk it all right now. Life or death situation, man Y'all don't really understand how I feel right now, man It's your boy Kanye Titter Shout out what's going on Uh Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I drink a Boost for breakfast, an show for dessert. Somebody order pancakes, I just sip the scissor. That right there could drive a sane man bizzard. Not to worry, Mr. Ace to the illos back to wizard. How do you console my mom? Or give a light support. Telling her son's own life support. And just imagine how my girl feel. On the plains, get as hell that I got. Look like Emmett Till. She was with me before the deal. She been trying to be mine. She a Delta, so she been throwing that dynasty sign. No use me trying to be lying. I'll been trying to be signed, trying to be a millionaire. how I used two lifelines in the same hospital where Biggie Smalls died. The doctor said I had blood clots, but I ain't Jamaican, man. Story on MTV, and I ain't trying to make a band. I swear this right here, history in the making, man. I really apologize
0: to him right now if it's unsaid. You gotta, you gotta say like he sat there and like, you don't think he knows. That he's like my jaws wired shut. This is gonna be fucking tight. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like he's like he's sitting there going like I can do it regardless. Yeah. And I'm gonna show you. Yeah. Like that's. Well, and, I'm gonna show you. Yeah. <laughs> what's interesting, and then that,
2: this actually, we we and we did talk a lot about Kanye on uh, on episode two with Clementine and Alex. Mm-hmm. What, but what we didn't really touch on with in that episode was that. When you're being creative people want to cheer you on a lot of times there are people around not everyone but there are people who want to cheer you on and want to see you succeed but to your point Martin the second you say yeah I'm fucking tight like I'm awesome is when they say who are you to think you're
0: awesome Mm -hmm. who are you to say you're good at this we tell you if you're good at it only I get to decide no not we only I right yeah and that's why you have movie critics bashing movies that are like can you make a movie right Right. Joss Whedon just spent seven years (laughs) making that movie really
2: (laughs) and and Kanye's
0: even done an interview before where he says something
2: to the effect of everyone wants you to be great but they don't want you to they don't want you to know you're great or they they don't want you to say you're great
3: exactly they want you to struggle he's
2: like if I feel like I'm good at what I'm doing why can't I say that right yeah and I agree
3: I think that just goes hand-in-hand with being creative, though. Like, you know, Martin, you said, being creative means you need to be vulnerable. Like, when you open yourself to vulnerability, you open yourself to critics and to people who don't want you to succeed or who want you to maybe go this far, but not, like, totally all the way. So I think that just goes hand-in-hand with it. Um,
2: Well, and then even with that, that's once you get past a certain we only want you to go this far, then it, it might be jealousy is the reason why. Yeah. we don't want you to go that far. But then the jealousy isn't real or fake because if that was thrust on on that person, it's back to what you said with, okay, if this actually happened
0: to you, here it is. Right. What are you going to do with it? Oh, I know.
3: <laughs> Ex- <laughs> exactly, right. But and That oh. can be a million
0: things. Jealousy, fear, um, like parents want you to be comfortable. They want you to have a good life, yeah. right? Uh, um, yeah. They don't want you to struggle, so if you want to go a route that's difficult yeah of course yeah. they're going to be like we want you to succeed right. but we also don't want you to fail mm-hmm. and I think that there's that push and pull which is I think people who like you at least want you to succeed but they also don't want you to fail so they're going to be conservative in their support Yeah. they're going to support you to a point but if they if, if they themselves are scared by what you're going to do next then of course they're going to be like whoa right have you thought about
3: right exactly
0: which is fine I mean which it, you always need a devil's advocate Absolutely. to make sure you're thinking
2: through something but a lot of it too is knowing your audience
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, little Wayne this was several years ago probably mid or late 2000s and, and I'll throw it out there I'm not a little Wayne fan I don't really care for his music and I used to be like a full-on hater, and would tell everyone, oh, he's garbage. That's dumb that you listen to him." And now, what was your my- screen
0: name? I am
2: now. Now, in my effort to remove judgment from my life, I don't necessarily care if someone else listens a little bit because that's cool because it means it's for them and not for me, which mm-hmm. is fine. But I remember he did some interview at some point in the mid or late 2000s where someone asked him about like you know one of his just generally you know dumber songs he's like all these people are saying this about it how does that make you feel like all these critics are saying this about it. how does it make you feel and he just goes gotta keep the haters occupied <laughs> <laughs> and that's true like you have to not necessarily intentionally do that but there's always going to be something that people don't like exactly. but you don't create for the sake of of satisfying that and if you win them over at some point great you create for the sake of the people who do like you and will get on board with you. It's the same thing with uh, you know I I used to get like tricked out when people would unsubscribe from our email list Mm. and I'd think (laughs) how do I change what I say to make sure they don't
0: unsubscribe yeah. Today's unsubscribe hurt, man. It hurt, man. Were there what? a lot? I haven't even looked at no, it. No, oh. just, just the one. Oh. Oh, yeah. We won't <laughs> call one specific person out. who we know, yet. Yeah. We won't call them out, but the hurt. <laughs> um, but... I
3: feel that way with my Instagram, too. <laughs> when I look at I'll my say, Instagram go down. How do you down, track right? it? Well, like, I'll, I'll just, I don't know. I I check it a lot, okay? I check it a lot. And I'll just, like, I'll look at it, I'll be like, Does it tell yes. you
0: when people leave?
3: No, but I will see that, like, I'll keep it in my head. Oh, I have... 600 followers, oh, right. you know, and then yeah, like, I'll be like, Oh my god, yeah, and I'll be like, What the hell? Who, 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 why? Absolutely, yeah. and it drives me nuts.
0: Um, I'm still following, by the
3: way, <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, Look at you two, hmm, I'm,
0: mm-hmm. um, I'm there, I'm gonna check right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna turn awkward. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Wait, anyways, with our email list, I, I, I even wrote a blog post, like, yeah recently I wrote a blog post about like here's it was like here's what happens every time I send an email out yeah yeah yeah. whatever it was a screenshot of like seven unsubscribed yeah and again that used to make me like do backflips mentally because I was thinking what do I have to say to keep these people but people who don't care are probably never going to care so instead of writing Mm -hmm. for the three people who don't care I write for the 300 people who do or however many it is and that's what's that's what's very hard to focus on. It, it takes a lot of almost like mental. I need you to not look at the metrics. Look me, <laughs> like, because I have no. But made... I don't, that's what I'm saying. I don't. Yeah. I don't let that affect me now. Yeah. What I do take stock in is when, at the end of the email, I say, "Reply to me with whatever thing." How many people I look reply? at. I look at not even not just how many people. I look at what are they saying.
0: Uh huh.
2: Because that lets me know if it's something that. You know, these are the people who are investing their time in reading this. Mm-hmm. Now they're telling me what they're getting out of it. So how do I amplify that? Because these are the people who have taken their time not only to read, but then tell me, here's how I'm feeling, here's what I got out of this. So I know that's the audience I want to go after instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, for whatever reason, and not just with sending emails out, but with anything, I think, that we care about, it takes a lot of training to break away from caring so much about the, the people who break away from it or yeah. the people who...
3: Oh, yeah. Because you, you know. want to please. I mean, yeah. You want to please and maybe everybody. Maybe that's
2: it. You want to yeah, please you're, everyone. But you grow I, up
3: that way. Like, that's how... I mean, you're supposed to make, like, everybody happy. And then that's what leads to a disconnect with your own creativity. Um, and I think... So, I think this is, like, a Seth Godin thing, but, like... Um, he said that like when you make something, you should literally just give it out to the world and say, here I made this and that's it. And then you walk away from it. And it's really hard. And it's so much harder now because of social media and like with you have you know your subscribers, like literally like you get a message saying you didn't see. these people don't like you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like these people laughed. Like I'll post like a painting and it's like, oh, I see someone left. I'm like, no, should I delete the painting? Like they didn't like the painting. Oh my god! And it's yeah. like why? Why are you doing that, you know?
2: I feel like every single topic in the world, you can somehow tie in. And, you know, because of social media, it's so much different. <laughs>
0: it's, it's so well, much worse well, now because here, of social media. Well, and you say, like, you <laughs> but say... But it's so much yeah, better, but it's yeah, so much more. like accounting, spreadsheets like, are just well, so much <laughs> different this is, because, <laughs> And this is a mindset thing, right? So, like, you're saying present it to the world, right? Yes. Like, as though the world is watching. Right, and, exactly. And and the idea that you have a silver platter that you're saying, look at my Chicago pizza. <laughs> like, it doesn't exist. It's not real. It's more like you're walking your dog, and your dog took a shit, and then you're like, I don't have any bags, and so you keep walking. <laughs> and then the world can either step in it or admire it or pick it up for you and keep moving. And, like, you just have to keep moving because at the end of the day, each individual piece of what you do doesn't matter. Any little one-off thing, any single email or any single conversation, some can have bigger impacts than others, but it's the body of work that matters more than any one piece.
3: But the body is composed of all those little pieces. Right.
0: But you have to have lots of good and bad pieces
3: to have the whole thing work.
0: And so, like, I, I mean, it's all mindset. I'm not saying anything is shit. I'm saying everything, if you look at it as it doesn't matter, you can at least take the pressure off. And so where I struggle, and, I, and I'm still in this world, is that I don't write much for Ideal Lemon because I'm so scared of publishing something with my name on it that people can copy, paste, whatever. But this... I'll shit out a hundred of these. I don't care. Yeah. And I don't mean that they're shit. I mean, <laughs> I mean that they are... And I have to hold the bag. Yeah. But I, I'm not and saying... And I'm admiring. That, yeah, and, and, and the point being is that it's not about effort or quality or anything. It's about doing it. And mm-hmm. the, the difference is doing it. You have to go to the bathroom every day. You have to create something every day. Yeah. And that's how you should think about it. You shouldn't think about it as I need to make something amazing today. You should think about I need to keep my body working right I need to keep the flow input output input output input output and keep moving forward and that's why um, when Doctor Who did their episode where they went back and they talked to this uh, guy cut his ear off Van Gogh mm-hmm. probably one of the most beautiful episodes of the entire 60 years they've been doing this because um, they brought him to the future and showed him an exhibit prior to him committing suicide and he was sitting there, and he was like, oh, um, let me draw something out for you guys really quick. And he took one of his, like, what is today a priceless work of art, and just smeared white paint over it. Oh, my like, God. And was like, let me draw a really quick sketch of what of where <laughs> we need to go. And everyone's like, ah! and he's like, what? And I love like, that. And they're just like, oh. And they're like, was we it just the trippy lost. clocks? What? Was no, it, just... it was. No, that's no, um, that, that's that's, uh, that's, that's Salvador Dali. Yeah, um, no, it was it was the sunflowers. Okay, he just whited out the sunflowers to draw them like an alien like sketch, and they were like, oh, oh <laughs> no, and he was like, what? <laughs> he's like, I'm literally like, he's resting his coffee mug on things like that. They're just like, that's priceless. <laughs> and he's like. I made it yesterday. It's like, it's crap. Like, I don't, like, no one, no one in my life wants to buy it. Right. I'm a poor piece of, like, I'm a poor painter who's cutting his ear off for a girl I love. Like, like, and and then they bring him to the future and he's just like overwhelmed. But it's just like, it's an amazing episode where it just, it just shows that the difference between what's in your head, what's in reality, and then hopefully you can find a nice medium in between where your creativity is appreciated to the point that you can live with it Mm -hmm. and live off it. Well, and a
2: lot of that, too, a, lot of, a part of that is intention and understanding
3: Ooh, yes. what is your
2: intent behind doing this, because mm-hmm. that determines the weight and significance you put on it and how much emotion goes into it and how much fear you have of putting it out there and all that stuff. For instance, Martin, the, the celebrity sketches you were working on you just made a, like a, a one-off Facebook page and threw them on there just so you had a place to put them. Yeah. Not necessarily so people could see them, but just so you had a place to look at them that weren't just on your notepad. Notepad, right? Yeah. And that was cool with you because your intention there was purely to just get it off your notepad and onto something mm-hmm. that I could see as well. Yeah. And not taking a picture with your phone. Yep. Versus when the intention is, oh, I have to design the website or i have to put this sketch and make it the sketch for the site or i have to design our logo all that stuff now carries so much more weight but what i think happens a lot of times is we confuse what our intention actually is or we the things that don't necessarily have a whole lot of weight to them we assign more value and assign more weight to them because we think there are more eyes watching it than there actually are
3: that's true absolutely Okay, so it's kind of funny that you said intention. Totally crazy. I feel like you're, like, reading my mind. Because yesterday, (laughs) so in this interview with um, Chantel Martin, she is an artist in New York, and she, you know, they're like, how do you, like, create and paint on everything? She paints on everything. And um, she's like, you know, first, like, I come to the canvas or the wall or whatever, and I make sure that I'm here for, like, with the right intention. And so, I feel like with, like, creativity, it, it ends for some people, or not ends, but just gets stifled when the intention is really to, like, make other people happy, you know, or to sell something. And that happens to me, like, all the time. Like, I'm like, oh my god, I gotta sell something, so I gotta, like, make, um, I gotta make something that I think people are gonna really like, you know? I gotta make, like, this drawing, because I've seen it, like, maybe over here or over there, and it seems really popular. Um, And I think that's where you get into like you're making products and you're not making paintings anymore, you know And so like yesterday like I and this is like every single time I go into the studio I'm like what is my intention like why am I here? What am I doing? Am I here to sell or am I here to just like make something that will hopefully like invite someone else to like share their creativity? So intention is huge. It's like it's everything and if you need to say it out loud say it out loud I literally I'm weird, but I was talking to a canvas yesterday and I was like, look, okay, I really need this to work out. This is my intention. Like, yeah,
2: that's not the worst background there, sound <laughs> ever. Like God, There's what a motorcycle
3: the or something going by, but that's okay. I, I like, didn't know that your
2: canvas They were just ramping so, up for, for finding out your, your, your intention. I didn't know
0: your, your canvas was so fast and furious.
3: <laughs> exactly. Maybe I was painting a car. I don't know. Um... But it's like this is why I'm here. Like this I'm here to just like to share whatever this needs to be, you know, whatever I'm feeling right now. And it it works. Like it totally works. And so I think intention is huge. And I think that story, Martin, that you shared with Van Gogh, that is hilarious, by the way. That's so funny. Like I need to watch whatever you're watching.
0: Doctor Who is sometimes the worst show and sometimes the actually I would say the majority of the time it's amazing and sometimes it's really bad but the majority of the time <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. for the majority cuz it's been on forever and it's sci-fi and sci-fi can be weird but it is one of the most when they start pulling in real history and like you can tell the guy that wrote the episode is like I'm a huge Van Gogh guy yeah and you just sit there and they they bring in like the biggest name british actor the guy who played uh you know the squid dude in Captain Jack Sparrow's movie, and he oh, was—you yeah, yeah. know what I'm talking about yeah. David Jones, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, so like the the guy who is just the person at the museum who is like, oh, it's like, can you describe Van Gogh for us? And he goes, oh, Van Gogh is one of the most beautiful, blah 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 blah. And he like, gives this whole like amazing speech, and Van Gogh is standing behind him, and you're just like oh, fuck, like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, Like, if only that were real. And, right. like, you know the guy who wrote it is, like, I just wish my favorite painter could have a moment in his life where he felt appreciated. Yeah. Because he lived his whole life unappreciated.
3: Yep.
0: And it's, like, that saddened the lover of that person's art so much that they created new art that tried to fill that gap. Mm -hmm. so that other people could understand that world.
3: And, well, also, like, just that story where he's, like, taking, you know, that painting and putting white all over it. Like, that is... I think that's amazing. That's so cool because I know people, like... People are sometimes like, oh, like, you keep everything, and it's like, this is a really hard practice to do, but, like, no. Like, sometimes you just paint over everything. Let go Yeah, you have to let go. Like, you're connected to the work... But you're also, like, there's also a disconnect. Because you're not, like, your self-worth isn't in it, you know? And it's, like, you need to create a large volume of work to get to where you want to be. And sometimes that means, like, being like, yeah, this is actually really shitty. Like, just say it, you know? Say it to yourself. And start over. And that, like, painting over it. And it's so hard. It sucks. And I am terrible at this practice. But it's very... It's very good to do, it's very like liberating, and with anything that you're doing, to just be like, I need to start over, and do it again, and again, and again, and again. And I agree, I think that like, these amazing painters in the world, like, Van Gogh and Picasso, like, I think, that, I mean, they were like, this is shit, I'm doing it again, again, and again. And like I'm reading this biography on Picasso right now, and like in it, like he's talking about like, his paintings, and like his paintings are in Paris, and he's in like Spain, and his painting—he gave his paintings to his friend, to hold on to. And I'm like, oh my god! Like you're just thinking of like these like Picasso paintings, these gorgeous paintings, and they're just priceless. like what, yeah, and priceless. But he's like, you know, just hold on to those for a second. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna be over here and doing this whole thing. It's just it's crazy, but it's like that's that's how it needs to be. Yeah. You know, it's you you you're in the work. Your your heart is in the work but there has to be, like, a little bit of a disconnect. Absolutely.
0: So my favorite Picasso story. (laughs) You guys know the horse face thing? Yeah. Over by the Daily Center? So that's a woman. You guys know that, I thought it was a baboon. What? It's it's a woman.
3: I didn't think he ever said what it was. It's a
0: woman, but only from the profile. You have to be at a certain angle to see that it's a woman looking over her shoulder. Interesting. Hmm. Now that...
3: Tricky, tricky. Now
0: that sculpture... Do you know how much he got paid for it?
3: Nothing. He donated it.
0: No, he got paid.
3: He got paid. He
0: got paid. Don't ruin this for me. What? Guess how much he got paid. A car's honk
2: <laughs> I like
0: that it like gave me a nice pause. There. <laughs> yeah. It's like in taboo. He got when he got he got paid. Words. He got paid a Cubs hat. No. He said they said how much would you. You know. Pablo Picasso got a Chicago Cubs. Yeah, they said how much to wait, like. No, wait. This yeah. is
2: a, someone who did a replica,
0: or this is the actual. No, no this is Picasso. Picasso. When was this? They gave him a Cubs hat. Yes. You know Picasso's recent, right? He's.
3: I know. <laughs> I, I, I know. He seems like he was. Also, like, the Cubs
0: have been around for over a hundred years. Right, but how recent is he?
2: 50s at best. Yeah, 50s I think. That's like when he died.
0: Yeah, it was at the end of his life. He created that was like one of his last sculptures. Even so, what I'm saying is I know the Cubs have been around, but No, but he was already a wealthy man. He was already Picasso. Right. He was he this is this is beyond the point where he was creating his light drawings and everything like that. Like they whenever they built that building, which I think was the eighties, um Maybe 70s I don't know I could be way off here I, I could be completely wrong Okay
3: but He built it but So keep going he, he
0: didn't build the building but oh, No he, but he built he Like built the, the sculpture, sculpture Out of the same material As the building While they were building The building Okay, okay. So like It's all in the same time frame yeah. But yeah No he um, He was already at a point In his life Where he's like I don't need money I'm just creating Because It's things that I create like, Yeah And that is wonderful But that's not everyone right?
3: Exactly No it's
0: not. And you need to... There, my favorite thing that ever happened was... I went to go see... Um, I think it was Picasso's exhibit at the Art Institute. Was that like two, three years ago?
3: Okay. And Something like that? I don't know.
0: Um, but I think it was Picasso. And you look through, and the way that you said that... Was it that he kept his paintings with someone in mm-hmm. Paris? So you go through the exhibit, and whenever you're at an art exhibit, you've got... All of their work, anything that they could put their hands on, yeah. they put in the exhibit, right? So you've got sketches, you've oh, yeah. got the most unfinished versions of every single thing. <laughs> like literally, like today, it'd be like I don't know, like oh, I opened up a new app and like tried out my new pen, and like they would put it in there, right? Yeah. And not that I'm ever being in it, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so like the point being is that um, I went with a friend, uh, kind of a date, but not really a date, to this thing, that and. And we, <laughs> I wanted it to be. She didn't. But we were, we were going through the exhibit, and it was one of the most amazing experiences with art that I've had because as we're going through, everyone is so, like, pensive, right? Mm-hmm. Like, looking at the art, studying the art. Oh, this sketch means this thing. And, like, when he sketched it the first time versus the second time versus the third time, he meant different things each time. And, like, being someone who's drawn stuff, not a ton but like drawn anything right you're like no no you're just there's you're like, like
3: not all of that yeah thought you're, like, it. you're like oh
0: that was a weird line right. i'm gonna throw that away and and then you move on and and what i found so funny is that we came across this table of women of drawings of women naked women and they were all larger women and uh my friend and i just dubbed it the fupa table it was this fupa era and we were like this is this is this is Picasso's FUPA era where he was really obsessed with like the like FUPA the fat upper pelvic area and uh, (laughs) and I was crying laughing like in in the Art Institute and everyone around us was just staring at us like these people blah 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 and like we'd go I'd go up to things I'd be like "Mm, yes yes he really was focused on the areola in this one (laughs) and like people were getting so mad and I'm like but you have to understand Picasso. He was a light-hearted person. Mm-hmm. He, he created an iconic iron statue in the middle of Chicago for a Cubs hat. Yeah. Like, I can laugh at his fupa drawings. Like, that's okay. And that's, I don't know, there's just something to that yeah. appreciation of creativity and, and creation of, of the creative side that I just think is fascinating. Well, and that goes to,
2: we touched on this a little bit in the podcast with... Patrick Murphy, and we talked about it in the podcast with Susie Alvarez a little bit, but in the Murphy podcast, it was about, that topic was about what makes an expert, or excuse me, um, what makes a great leader, and in that, what we were saying was part of being a great leader is being comfortable with your own thoughts and knowing your thoughts can be different than others, and then in in the Susie podcast... One of the things we brought up, which is what I've really come to realize recently, and what I think is really amazing about, you know, pieces of art or any any source of creativity that that you enjoy, is that it means something different to everyone. Yes. And those people can be pensive and get pissed at you for calling it the Fupa era, but that's having, in my mind. That's them having less of a comfort in their own understanding of the material. Not to say that there is a baseline understanding, but they think there's something they need to achieve to in that in that arena. Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh,
2: our friend Nicole, the other night, she was telling me about one of my songs that I that I put <laughs> on my album, and she was like, the, she's like "Oh, the hook on that—it spoke to me so much, and it's, it's the life is a house song."
1: Life is a house, open up the doors The families inside fighting tedious wars The back door will lead you to the seediest horrors. Open up the doors Now the liquor cabinet is where the sorrows are drowned, While the kids are in the front yard and playing around You can look with your eyes, but don't make a sound open up the two see what's inside mirror mirror on the motherfucking wall Hi. tell me who's the dopest of them Dope. all this falling shot calling appalling no he's the one you passed up in the hall is skill skill or is it skillet it's... I'm cooking up rap of crepes so I can feel it I'm a mad scientist providing <laughs> you guys a side sizable eyes si, why did we, we lie and invite him he's the kind of a type to write likable rhymes and he stifles my senses I can fight and deny or even try to define but the ripeping of hungry, so I'll bite I'm, em. Nom, 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 I'm, in, season. I'm in season, and, and I'm too, too good. good. Sick your teeth feel the in true, true blood. blood. No streets no in street Check in your view, deep, son. Sun. Well, if phonetic couldn't do it, tell me who could. Life is a house, open up the doors. The families inside fighting tedious wars. The back door will lead you to the seediest whores. Open up the doors. Now, the liquor cabinet is where the sorrows are drowned. While the kids are in the front yard and playing around, you can look with your eyes but don't make a sound. Open up the door, see what's inside. In and out of words. And she's like, It's just,
2: I totally get what you were saying. It's like, you know, I came from the suburbs too, and it's about rejecting the suburbs. (laughs) And I I was like, Yeah, right on. And in my mind, I'm like, Honestly. When I wrote that, I was going for something along those lines, but it was more just like, I think this sounds good. (laughs) I think this sounds catchy. And the song doesn't really have anything to do, the verse had everything to do with the chorus. But (laughs) the chorus, I was like, yeah, why don't I try, why don't I kind of make a commentary on something? But it was more so, okay, you know what, this sound, this is something that is really catchy. And people are going to like replay this in their head. But her interpretation of it was something so much more deep than that. And that's cool. And I, I, I'm not saying like, any judgment on her, for that. that's what I think is cool about it, is because I may have created with one intention, and her interpretation of it is way deeper, because it means something to her. Mm-hmm. And that's, it might mean, you know, or you may have listened to it and gotten nothing out of it, which is fine. It's all about, and I think this is kind of... I was dead inside. When I, was dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what's important as you... Create whatever you're creating is understanding that you can have an intent, but it almost doesn't matter because everyone is going to perceive it as they will. Mm-hmm. And you can tell people this was your intent, but still, people are going to perceive it as they will. And that's that's kind of what you have to accept as you put things out there. You can try to force your beliefs on someone, but they're gonna believe what they believe. Mm-hmm. Well, the, right. The, I mean. The, the opposite of that is basically being like uh, like a Bible thumper or a, or a missionary or whatever. Where you're, where you're so you're, focused on the words. Exactly. You're right. so focused on the words. You're so focused on exactly what you believe in convincing people that that belief is correct that you don't take the time to listen to what they have to say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's key because you even said yourself in one of the previous podcasts about how you would study the lyrics of your your favorite rappers yeah and we talked about the you know blues traveler and all that good stuff and one of the things that i think is really great considering the fact that like throughout my entire life whenever it came to music i couldn't not listen to lyrics i don't know what you guys how, how you guys listen that's to music. why i can't listen to music while yeah. i'm trying to actually get work done. i listen, I listen and, to instrumentals. and this is actually going back to cinco de mayo they were playing Buena Vista Social Club, and I was like, and "I was like, I've been listening to this song for years because I have no idea what they're saying." And uh, we're gonna put Buena Vista in this yeah. podcast because uh, I really love them. Anyway, um, but the idea being is, is uh, you know, I would listen to the lyrics and whether or not I'd think what the singer was thinking is irrelevant. I think what I think in the moment that I'm thinking it, and if I'm feeling emotional or I'm feeling. Whatever the tone makes more of an impact than the words, even if people have motorcycles in this neighborhood, a lot. (laughs) Oh no, that's like a street sweeper. (laughs) No, that's a motorcycle. motorcycle. Yeah, because they're getting on the highway. Oh, okay. Damn. that. To go, you know,
1: (laughs)
3: super
0: fast. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but but I think that there's it's it's interesting because. You know, back when I would listen to music as a kid, I was all about the lyrics. I would listen to blink when I had i I'd listen to we were we grew up in the emo age and it was like it was like um da- not dashboard, I don't wanna say dashboard. It was uh My chemical romance. My chemical romance. That's who <laughs> I was thinking of during my yeah. first my first breakup. Or or um yeah. My Bloody Valentine <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So, and, and, and like, what's those... What's the worst that I could say? Yeah. Things are better so I if I, I stay be so long, long and good night. I love, I love that song. <laughs> yep, that'll be the part. Amazing, uh, amazing music. Uh, oh um, but the idea being is that it might mean, like, that generation was very, um... What What's the phrase? To the point? With what they are saying, like, my bloody Valentine is pretty damn, like, right. literal. Um, but you kind of get further and further away, and you start seeing that there's wide varieties of interpretation for everything. And you start listening to things like Andrew Bird, or you start listening to different musicians who purposefully make it ambiguous so that people can interpret it different ways. So they know as they're making it that, yes, I'm creating something that means this to me. But I'm aware that my intention, going back to intention, is to put this out in the world. And my intention is that it will affect people. And so I'm not just going to be like, my bloody valentine, I hate my ex, and blah, blah. Like, like that's very to the point. Like, you know you no, your audience. Was it that or was it bullet for my valentine? Bloody Valentine No that
2: was a movie My Bloody Valentine 3D Was a terrible movie I've It was Bullet For My Valentine Was the band Yeah
0: well we will Look it up And we will link to it In the show notes um, But I'm fairly certain Like like there's There's a huge difference Between Saying what you're saying Like My girlfriend left me And now I'm unhappy Like Versus right. like Creating a feeling That can be interpreted In many different ways yeah. And I think But both that, can work Both can work But I think that When we're talking about creativity, right, so let's go back to the original point, which is, what is creativity versus skill versus development of your creativity and your skills? I would say the baseline is that you're able to draw something, right? So if you're a kid who's able to draw something, you know you have an inclination toward this sort of creative endeavor. Then you start pursuing it and you realize, oh, you can actually say things with these drawings. You don't just have to draw stick figures or whatever you're drawing then you realize it's a skill that you can develop and then once you've developed that skill you can start creating experiences and I think when we talk about creativity you can't talk about it as one single thing you have to talk about it as a spectrum from least creative to most creative and the things that are inspired along that spectrum
2: I want to go back to the what you were talking about was with like the resetting
3: mm-hmm. idea
2: like you Van Gogh going
3: mm-hmm.
2: right. white on and saying let me draw this
3: again real quick yeah
2: because I think a lot of times you have to almost detach or just let go mm-hmm. Van Gogh
1: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to let go to be able to create again or to be inspired again and letting go is one of the toughest things, but sometimes when you are stuck, or you're in that rut, or you are you feel like you've, you've kind of done all you can, you've got to just say, you know what, I'm going to throw some white paint over this piece, or I'm going to step away, or I'm going to be okay with this being what it is, and I need to take a new direction here. Right. There was... Lupe Fiasco. Yeah. There's One Direction, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Lupe Fiasco had a song a few years back called Letting Go. And the the hook of it was that girl, Sarah Sarah Green or something. She was on a few of his songs, but The, the hook was her singing, Things are getting out of control. I feel like I'm running out of soul. I think I need to let you go. And the song was about his fight he had with Atlantic Records and how they wouldn't let him put the songs he wanted on the album, and then he just kind of, in my mind, he he was then like, I just need to let go and say, fuck it, and just, you know, do do whatever, because yeah. it's not worth fighting anymore, <laughs> um, and I, I think that's interesting, because a lot of times I think people think they need to keep on fighting, and keep on fighting, and keep on pushing for whatever cause they believe in, that's not to say you should just give up, mm-hmm. but sometimes... I think there's a fine line between: Are you fighting just for the sake of fighting, or are you fighting because you still believe in that thing?
0: That's my point. Yeah, and that's where the intention comes in, too. Mm Right. Right. And that's because I think intention in all of these different pursuits is really where, at the end of the day, you can be creating things for people. Right. You're. We we live in a social age. We talked about social media, but we're always creating stuff, and you can't not create it and not put it out. Because if you don't create, if you don't put it out there, then you're just gonna end up, most likely in our day and age, giving up anyway. Because right. you're so you're so overwhelmed by all the. You go on Instagram and you follow all the artists, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're like, wow, that person creates hyper realistic paintings of women with like I don't know eating an ice cream cone or something like it's weird stuff out there but it's it's like the most realistic painting I've ever seen and I get to see it time-lapsed wow that's wonderful mm-hmm. I could I'm not gonna be able to do that in 50 60 years like I could try every day and still never get there or or I could who knows right but the point being is that I'm not going to and 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 the idea is that that is discouraging and inspiring like, it's, it's right. hard, and that's why you have to put your own stuff out there, is because it's hard to do things in a silo, especially creativity.
3: So, I think that, okay, so I actually think that that depends on where you are in your creative journey, or whatever you want to call it. So, I, for example, yes, when you see stuff on Instagram, it, yeah, sometimes I'm like, holy shit, that painting is so great, and... I don't know if I'll ever be able to create anything like that. Like, that is amazing. And then you, yeah, and then you almost get stuck just, like, in the scroll, you know, just, like, looking at all these artists, and then you never actually create anything. So it's like, what the hell was this time for? <laughs> um, but I think, you know, like, uh, social media or, like, whatever, like, inspiration, it, it's, it helps you because it, like, it's inspiring you, and you're like, oh, my God, look at, like, these artists that are doing all these amazing things and, like, gets you excited. And I think that's like the very beginning of like when you're like, okay, I'm gonna like go back to my creativity. I'm gonna like create something, I'm gonna tap into that, that place, I'm gonna operate from that place. And that's when you're like, well, what do I do? Like, who's doing this already? Like what's out there? And that's when you're like, okay, go to social media, go to museums and whatever. And that's when you're like, okay, you need your community. Once you get past a certain point and you realize when you when you get to that point, when you're so busy going to museums, going to libraries, going to whatever and you're like I'm not even creating anymore. And that's when it's time to go into the silo. To go into a place where it's just you. You are not looking at anything. You're you're sharing your work and then you're putting your phone in airplane mode and you're not looking at anything yeah. ever, like, at all. Because it, and you do hit that point and it's so it's different in the creative process you need to see what is out there because it opens your eyes to like so many wonderful things that's that are going on like I did not realize that people were sharing and selling art on Instagram like a year and a half ago I had no idea I wasn't even on Instagram so I was really Mm -hmm. late to the party but um, yeah I when I got on Instagram and I saw that I mean oh my god like wheels in your head are turning that you didn't even know were there I don't even know. So, I, I feel like you need that and then you get to a place where you're like, I am creating every day and I feel like my own creativity like, coming like, you know, from me and I'm creating inspiration for myself and then it's like, I need to now turn everything else off and I don't need any of that other, thing. I, I don't need that stuff right now. Um, and so, yeah, so I think it's like, it depends on where you are.
2: All right, guys. We actually have a whole nother hour where we ended up talking with Liz because the conversation was just so beneficial for all of us. So we've given you part one this week. We'll come back at you with the second half of our conversation and part two next week along with a full show wrap-up. Thank you again to Liz for joining us. We'll see her for next week's episode. For Martin McGovern, I am Rajiv Nathan. This is the Idea Lemon Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. Until next time. We'll see ya.
0: Welcome to Chicago.